welcome. Hey everybody, it's the Boy Hottie Podcast. It's also the first day of fall. Man, this is, I feel like you just took a giant psychic shit. I was told by my four-year-old bro that I spent the morning with that the equinox... That's how I started you know, the podcast. Do you know this that is, that causes a spike of rage that's why I did through my heart? heart. That's, that's why we're week. using the automatic level control <laughs> system in GarageBand this week. No, um... What happened? I was told by my four-year-old bro this morning that the equinox happened at 7 o'clock. Oh, that's right, because, yeah, it's, it was like, was it like 1049 Eastern Standard Time or something like that? Yeah. But it's fall. I can't it's believe fall. enough of the years passed that it's already fucking fall, though. I wore a scarf this morning. Uh, it is it, in Portland. It just really did chill down just in time for this to happen. Yeah. Well, it got cool. Uh, are we going to start the podcast by talking about Portland weather? Let's talk about the weather. And it's fall. Who gives a shit? It's I give pumpkin a shit. spice I give all latte weather. I don't even drink coffee in that summer. I'm good. wearing layers. I'm so excited Sobby for layers Island. weather. Of course, that means that I ran um, from the tra- new train museum to the bus in layers, which I yeah. regretted immediately. Uh, spoilers for the podcast. We originally we were meaning this to be the fall 2012 like geek stuff preview yes. p- uh, podcast. Uh, but I'm recording another podcast in about two hours, which means we probably don't have time to record a super long podcast this that week. That is so sad that two hours is not enough time for us to goddamn do our <laughs> You know what? We were, our podcast last week was three hours long. How is it talk about anything? Long? What is wrong with us? It was like two hours. And Why does anyone listen? To we, 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 recently, we've been pretty good about short, short, like shorter yeah. podcasts, at least below two hours. And something happened last week where it was like two hours to forty five minutes long, and I don't even, there wasn't even any like we didn't have a topic to talk. It's not like we did a podcast commentary about a Disney movie or anything. It's almost like, like we're friends who can shoot the shit. Yeah, for a long time. So yeah, no, I'm gonna be on the uh, Court and Fat Boy nerd fight thing. Later on this afternoon, I think. Fat boy, he cracked his tooth. So who knows Aww. if that's actually going to happen. But yeah, uh, I'm leaving it. Yeah, now. so Bill, I, I meant to be here about two hours ago, but I was you occupied. Had a, yeah, you, if you're going to be late, if you're going to be a little bit late for recording the podcast, you have the great best fucking excuse. Yeah, so today was the official opening of the um, uh, Central East Side Streetcar here in Portland. Um, this will be a loop that goes from uh, kind of deep southeast Portland up into northeast Portland and back over the river again. And uh, is I've this been... an old timey streetcar? No, oh, yeah, it's a new. It's like the streetcar downtown. Shit here. It's like the streetcar downtown. Oh, it's, it's just the IMAX. Oh, that's yeah. all it is. Yeah, pretty much uh, the IMAX. No, I was Bill, thinking it like is a not San a Max line. It is not a Max line. There is a streetcar downtown. <sighs> it's like that streetcar only on our side of the river. Bill, do I need to explain to you the different types of trains, Bill? But anyway, so it's I... not bullet train. My little bro I watched Noah. Mission Impossible this week. There's a train at the end of that. My little bro Noah has been. We're not ex- going to talk about Mission Impossible. You want to talk about your life? Why? Why should I talk about the thing, the subject <laughs> that I Eddie's started face, to talk about? Eddie's face. You, I wish you guys could see this. So Eddie's face went from the like, I'm Eddie. I'm having whatever time recording the podcast. This kind of like. I'm trying to talk, motherfucker face. It's great. I love when you ask, you prompt me to discuss the subject, and then you motherfucking. I just say, have you seen the first Mission Impossible movie? I the only what Mission Impossible. <laughs> We're talking about Noah now. You want me to leave? <laughs> Do you, have you got this, Bill? What about Mission Impossible? <laughs> no, the, uh, oh. the only Mission Impossible movie I've seen is the, th- the one with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, that's the third one. The third that's a one? good one. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, about Noah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My little bro Noah, to whom I am an uh, adopted aunt, uh, he has been excited about the streetcar since he was two. And he knew that when he was four, he would get to ride the streetcar. Man, that's fantastic. So today so was the day. So his parents have been pumping him up about this? Well, he, he loves trains. He's and a little death. boy. He, yes. So the two subjects he's been fascinated with lately that's have been amazing. trains and death. The first thing he said to me when we got on the train today, he looked at me and he said, do trains die? 
And I was like, well, and his mom popped in. And she's like, well, you know, they're like cars when they, you know, they can stop working after a while. And then they go to the scrapyard. And then he just looks at me and he goes, do trains turn to dirt? Apparently he's been asking about death a lot lately. And so his parents, well, his are, old are parents start really thinking about mortality for yeah. the first time. So yeah. he knows that when we die, we, we, you know, we go into the ground and eventually we turn into dirt. Did you tell him that all living things have souls? <laughs> well, apparently his parents are really cool. They've been talking a lot about what different religions think happen after you die. You're like, some people think that, you know, there is life after this life. Has he been talking about that, too? Yeah. He's mostly interested in the dirt thing. Do yeah. trains turn that, dirt. That's interesting, yeah. So it's like, Aww. we I got to explain to him that trains, you know, when they get old, they either, sometimes they go to the scrapyard, or sometimes they go to a museum, like the museum we went to! Yeah! This is the exciting side effect of today. I thought I was just going to go on the streetcar, which I've been really excited about. Like, way too excited for an adult non-virgin. Way too excited See, the about way you're excited about the streetcar, I'm imagining, like, a San Francisco-style, no. old-timey streetcar. No. Yeah, so we already have a trolley system here. We have a, a max train. A a, a, tr- a high-speed rail yeah. system is different from a streetcar. I don't know. I don't know the difference. Dude, I can hear and, the ding-ding of the, tr- like, of it, of this, the ding-ding when about well, from my office window. Pittsburgh had a trolley system, but I guess maybe it wasn't the same thing as the max system, where yeah. it's kind of like a sleeker bus Yeah, max is a high-speed train, tra- tra- like, rail system. I never thought about whereas that, Whereas this yeah. is a, it, it has its own tracks and everything like that, whereas this is a streetcar that is in the street. That does not go as fast. It goes. A, That's the true because the trolley system car. in Pittsburgh, yeah, I mean, it was on the streets. So yeah. It didn't have its own. Like, well, uh, anyway, well, who gives it? Anyway, so I was gonna go on the on the on the I'm the um, the streetcar, and I was way excited about that. Yeah. But I found out that there's a, a new train museum that opened here in Portland, and uh, today was its first day. So the the currently the terminus of the the streetcar is down by OMSI, the Oregon Museum of Science and Industry, and right just like two lefts around the corner from OMSI is this new train museum. So I got to look at I got to look at the trains and take pictures in trains, and my friends are probably still in line waiting to get into one of the steam engines that i left them an hour and a half huh? ago oh it was fucking a madhouse man it's crazy crazy the trains no, were jam-packed uh i don't know it was all free today the streetcar was free today okay good good good, good. so i took like the picture man that sounds fantastic hey I, I hadn't heard nothing about this until annie apologized for being late for the podcast she was gonna go see some train shit i saw some trains yeah. very excited about trains diesel trains, trains. trains. Steam, steam trains. Train. Actually, the stream t- steam train was on and it was pumping out steam, and they oh, did the doot doot. It wasn't moving, but it was active. Yeah, it's yeah. super exciting. Was it on a track? Yeah, this is a down by the old transfer system. Yeah, well, uh, a friend of the podcast, Joshin, he was talking about how he suspects that maybe actually have been built inside an old train house mm-hmm. where they had the whole big circular platform so you can move the trains from one track to another. Yeah. Which that sounds like if you're going to build a train museum in Portland, that sounds yeah. like a place to build it. Yeah, exactly. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, Highly so. recommend if you're a big old train nerd. Did they have? Were a... they selling like engineer caps and shit? I went and looked oh, in the gift shop. No, however, I did almost buy. They did have um, ball caps that had like the logos of the trains that were in the museum. Oh, that's cool. Very just like like one. like train 801 or something like it's that the, what is it the 700 yeah. is down there which is the oh. spokane seattle portland were they, were, did they say if most of the trains were like kind of local trains like from the cascades or something? i think they all were yeah, that makes but there I mean, and there were the so easiest. i could have asked any number of elderly men in fleece vests about that but i did not yes. so shame on me bill did make a joke he's like oh were you hit on because i have a proud history of being hit on by older men and i was so there we go. Because a lot of times you're going to be the only hot girl showing up to something that's Dude. like, ah, I'm female, my boobs are big, how you doing, my hair's long, and I got eyelashes. Okay. Also, look at this thing on my tight shirt. I have eyelashes, but my hair is not long. You have long. Dude, it's a bob. You are... 
Bill also drew me in the um the Boy Howdy logo with earrings, which I, I my ears are not pierced. I this know. is Bill's sociopath. I it on most aspect. of them. <laughs> on most of them, that's true. I forgot a couple. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. Well, most people do have uh, pierced ears. How? Why have you never gotten your ears pierced specifically? Because why should I modify my body? That's a good answer. I uh, no... I'm on your side with this. Do you see my ears pierced? I have as many piercings no. as I have tattoos. I have no problem with other people having piercings, but I'm afraid of needles, and I feel no yeah. need to modify my body. Unless it's a medical need. I was going to say, <laughs> Annie's never gone to the dentist. <laughs> well, I have too many fillings to say that <laughs> truthfully, but... Annie's never seen the foot doctor. My mom has very gently tried to talk me into getting my ears pierced, and she's like, it makes you feel... Well, she's like, I could see making it kind of feel like a little feminine. Like a fancy lady. Oh, well, yeah. This is, she's basically, it's part of my latification campaign. She's like, oh, you should get your ears pierced because then you can blah, blah, I don't know, man. I'm too much of a pussy about um, piercings. I would sooner get a tattoo than I would get my ears pierced. And I'm way too much of a wuss to get a tattoo. So, there we go. You should do, if you're going to get a tattoo and or ears pierced, you should do both at the same time. Have them put you under for like a day and just have like a team of technicians come in, like the bionic, uh, like $50,000 man. My, one of my favorite, fix you up. My, one of my favorite actresses is this lady named Jane Powell. She's yeah. my favorite cause she was Millie in, um, seven brides for seven brothers. And she makes that movie. Not a big thing. In the shop, um, uh, uh, fuck. That's a good stroke you're having right now. You just had a Bill moment. I'm thinking about... I love peanut butter. I'm very tired. I ran to the bus. Um, you, you, this is your anyway, Saturday. You've had a long week. You, a you're still week. unpacking your house. You went to the train station. You're managing a four-year-old child. Anyway, um, uh, Jane Paul was in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, and mm-hmm. she made that movie not um, anti-female, basically. And she's great. But she had she went under when giving birth to her child. and Completely knocked out? Yeah. And yeah. she was she was also terrified of needles. So she told her doctor... That um, she wanted to have her ears pierced while she was under, which I think is bad that's, that's what you need to do. I need to have a child just so I can uh, have an epidural. And yeah. Do you even care about wearing earrings, though? Is that anything you're even worried about? I don't know. Have you ever seen earrings? You're like, man, I wish I had my ears pierced just for those earrings. No. Not really. Then fuck them. I'm very choosy about jewelry. Anyway, this is yeah, terrible. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, uh, the train museum was rad. Trains are rad. Uh, adorable people who care strongly about trains are hilarious. The best part was at the train museum, there are these giant, beautiful trains. Entry mm-hmm. trains, just gorgeous. Gorgeous shape. Um, there were also There was also like a little train toy set and also a Lego train model. Guess which ones the kids are more interested in. If you guess the fake trains, the answer is yes. Every kid to a man jack of well, them. Well, kids, like, that's something they could actually play with. Whereas the big they trains could are kind of like, Legos. They could not. At least it's something they're, you know, they're accustomed to. Whereas the big trains are a little more abstract. It is. And I think trains, like, old trains are kind of, like, old enough now that they're, they're I would imagine that they don't quite have as much romantic value to little kids. As yeah. it, like, oh, it's not like a Thomas the Tank Engine sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Were there kids, like, dressed like any Thomas Tank Engine stuff there or anything? No. Okay. However, what was hilarious is that the toy set that was out, the train toy set that was out, yeah. you could buy all those toys in the gift shop. I was like, I see right. what you did there. Well, the, the other thing I was going to ask about your fr- little four-year-old friend Noah, like he's talking about trains dying. Yeah. Would they, he, it's not like he watches Thomas Tank Engine. He does. Okay, well then if you have an anthropomorphized versions of trains, then I could see how you could start making connections. Well, if that train is a living creature and it has likes and wants. I think you just took it like eight more steps further than it ever would be in his head. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just saying, what, he's uh, not thinking they're people. The psycho- psychology, yeah. Because the trains, the trains are not like people. They don't. They may have faces, but the faces don't move is or anything ask, like is that. Is he asking if like cars die? Yeah. Oh yeah, he already asked okay. that. But then if he's seen car cars, dies. you could blame it on people that. People die. Blah, blah, blah. He's never seen cars. Are you kidding? He's a four-year-old boy. He doesn't be attention span. 
Superman to sit through anything. Uh, is he aware that um, the Iron Dragon can be Superman? <laughs> One day he will be. Superman. I can't wait until he's old enough to watch cartoons. Why does his parents make him watch it? Actually, that's great. Like, I, I made a joke about this before. Uh, but, like, all souls die, blah, blah, blah. But, like, one of the one of his parents just have make him watch Iron Giant. They'll give him, explain to him, but, like... He's too young. He can't sit through a movie. Really? Yes. He has no interest in anything longer than 15 minutes. Oh, this is true. Man, we had... Uh, uh, Taryn came over our place to watch the latest episode of Doctor Who. Uh-huh. She's not having that. Yeah. Guess what? When you're four, sometimes you don't want to sit down well, for an hour. Well, it's not like she was doing the kicky, screamy, like, get me out of here kind of thing, but she was, like, she watched half the movie behind, like, sitting behind Kip. Kip is, uh, Taryn is another four-year-old friend of the podcast, and we were watching, what the hell was the latest episode? Oh, it was the cowboy episode. No, mm-hmm. it was the, wait, what was the, no, something episode. Yeah, yeah she was scared. Yeah. yeah. From behind the sofa, that's how you watch Doctor Who, right? Yeah. Isn't that the classic thing? Well, that's why uh, Patrick was talking about it. It's like, oh, she's 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 having the like the, the the authentic Doctor Who experience of being four years four years old and trying to hide from the TV while watching Doctor Who. I was a little scared that little Noah was gonna be traumatized by the train because this is the first day of the train. We're down there right when they first start running them. Uh-huh. Every and it's free. And the train was so packed when we first got on. Oh, like, yeah. I, and he was he was kind of stuck in the middle. He just kind of sat down and put his yeah. little arms around his head. And I was like, let's get off the train. Let's mm-hmm. go to the loop side. And Yeah, at that point, you can't really enjoy the train yeah. for its own. Well, the next time we got on, we made sure he was by the window so he could see things. And I talked to him, and I, he helped me count how many stops until we got Man, to the train station. You are legitimately a good aunt. I ain't a shitty If aunt. I were you, I'd just be like, penis. That is not... That is not what you would be like. Mm. So anyway, Bill, how I was your I don't like week? little kids. Little kids. Well, I like little kids when you can have a conversation with them. Because I was. Even then. Uh... My, there's my little my little adopted nephew, Noah, who's my little baby bro. And then there's Josephine, who is now eight months old, mm-hmm. who also went with us on the train. Jo- Noah's a little, little sister. I'm less interested in Josephine. I'm only interested in children when I can interact with them as human beings. See, I had a rough enough time growing up as a kid with other kids that, like, I don't romanticize kids as all being like, oh, kids are cute, or... I just picture kids... I just see kids as little adults. That's all. And I don't... I'm I'm, I'm misanthropic enough. Yeah. That, like, you don't I like people, kids, period. Yeah, I don't like people, and kids just happen to be a part of that. It's yeah. not like I specifically hate children or anything oh, like yeah. that. Which other people are like, oh, that child is so cute. And I'm just like, who gives a fuck? And it's another human being that eats and poops. <laughs> not that I wish ill will towards that kid. Yeah. I'm just like, not, unless that kid is really precocious, really smart, or really funny, or seems to have a good soul already built in. Yeah. I'm just like, meh. Noah's a rad little guy. So if your kid can read... Who gives a shit? I can't wait until Noah's old enough for me to watch Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah, Noah him. actually, from everything you've been talking about, Noah actually sounds like a pretty Noah fucking rad kid, though. Noah is the best. Yeah. I love So, Noah. yeah, what else happened? What happened? What else? What happened? Oh, what man, else? we already killed, like, 20 minutes of the podcast. <laughs> talking about trees. We are not getting around trains to talking about the fall. <laughs> so, what, next week we'll do the fall preview geek stuff? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel bad, because I put out a thing online, everyone's saying, well, we only got two responses, but people... I was like, hey, tell us no about one the is stuff holding you're most you, anticipating this fall. So yeah, I went and I went to train stuff today. It was a lot of fun. Um, uh, I manfully did not buy stupid train merchandise that yeah, I don't need to give shops. that sucks. I'm a sucker for museum gift shops. I can't help yeah, it. The crappier, the shittier, Especially the better. Especially opening day. Man, they were giving away little little train conductor hats. And Noah, halfway through, lost interest for the model train, the little paper model train yeah. that I assembled for him and gave him. Aww. And I was wearing the hat the whole time. And as I was leaving, I'm like, I could just walk away with a hat. I'll never notice. I was really excited. I'm like, I get this little train. It looks like a, it was like paper and like train conductor, and I get, but I couldn't do it. I was like, Noah, can I can I take your hat and I can give it to you next time I see you? He just looked at me, and went no, ripped it right off my head. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, and you know that he turned around and gave it to his dad and did not touch it for the rest of the afternoon. Well, exactly, yeah. Bolted, man. It's almost like he's a little kid. Anyway, Bill, what you been up to this week? Uh, played a lot of Borderlands. How is Borderlands? Borderlands is good. You have no interest in playing it? You can borrow it when I'm nope. done if you want. I don't like shooters. It's funny shooter. No, I do. The it's an easy shooter, I, too. I All it is is just shoot, 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 collect this. It really is, man. It's okay. It's cute. It's funny. Uh, the only reason I really was interested in picking it up was because, uh, yeah, it was written by Anthony Birch of the Hey Ash, What You Playing Guys. And, uh, yeah, no, the writing is good. It's, did you ever play the first one either? Uh, like, 15 minutes of it, and it's I realized really it was not grindy. for me. Like, the plot is playing. nothing. I mean, the, 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 the character, like, the dialogue and stuff is written that well, but it's not like any of the characters specific, uh, specifically or the plot or anything, like, is anything you're really going to get worked up about. It's really grindy because, like, it's, like, it's kind of like an MMO in that the whole point of the game is just to go on little side missions for people and just kind of collect things and mm-hmm. kind of, like, return, like, oh, you did the... Go go till kill ten monsters and bring bring me back their pelts and you're mm-hmm. kind of doing that for the like a, a big chunk of the game and uh, the Borderlands two big thing is that you can do that with four people online oh that's kind of great so it's not quite like an MO where you could like in World of Warcraft have like thirty people together but you know it's still nice to be able to like run around with three other of your friends and yeah. just kind of shoot stuff the co op aspect of it is appealing to me but <laughs> yeah I don't no like that's shooters. that's been fun I've been playing with a friend of the podcast Grumpy Turtle and he and and we've, we've, we've had some good times but uh yeah. It's, it's I, I hate to sound so like meh about it, but uh, really, I got uh, I unlocked the spoilers for Borderlands 2, if you care. Uh, there's some uh, secret hidden Minecraft stuff in the game. Nice. I found that last night, so I got myself a Minecraft head for my character. And like a Minecraft skin, all the texture on my clothes is all kind of blocky like Minecraft. And I got to meet uh, Ashley Birch's character in the game, Tiny Tina. Yeah. And so I did those two things. I could, like, I, I'll, I'll Everything keep playing the game. Everything else is That's kind of like, yeah, that, that, that's kind of like the highlight of the game for me. But yeah, no, it's it's weird because, like, one of the other big games I played this year was Diablo 3, which is another very kind of loot, grindy yeah. kind of game. But it's interesting. Well, I've heard that this is Diablo 3, but a shooter, or Diablo, but a shooter. Yeah, but it's interesting how Diablo 3 and Borderlands 2 can kind of be the same genre of game, even though... Gameplay mechanic genres. wise, they're yeah. different. Like, yeah, they're they're like different. They are different genres, but then they can still fit underneath this board, uh, underneath this uh, umbrella of yeah, yeah, loot grindy game. It's almost like games aren't as uh, necessarily as com- compartmentalized as we make them. Yeah, exactly. And even like the mechanics where like uh, Diablo three, you can play up to four people together online. Yeah, and uh, you know you're again like killing ten creatures, bring the stuff back. Turn in the quest. Look for the person with like either the question mark or the exclamation point over their head. And talk to them to get the quest. And it's it's and it's it's not bad. It's just not like story wise. I wish it was a little more interesting. But yeah, the writing itself is there's there, there's some actual uh, for the first time this year. I've actually laughed out loud at some parts in the game. One of the best missions in the game, uh, kind of like the mascot of the Borderlands uh, games, mm-hmm. is this little robot named Claptrap. He's essentially yeah. a garbage can with yeah. a little eye. And a little wheel that goes around. There's a whole mission where you have to do uh, throw a little birthday party for him. Yeah, and there's seriously? no killing or anything like that. You just go to his cubby That's hole. adorable. He's like, what you have to do is enjoy his party for two minutes. And so you just hang out with him while he's, he's like waiting for all these people to show up at his party and no That's one shows adorable. up. And he's getting more and more despondent as the party goes on. And like I said, the party only lasts for ten minutes. So all you have to do to complete this mission is just to hang just out hang with out him for, for ten, 10 minutes. minutes. And at the end, he's like, oh, you could. Take some pizza home. I, I think I bought too much pizza. Oh. Mm. Oh. And after right ding as the as the two minute counter counts down, he's like, "That was the best party ever! <laughs> I, I love my parties!" And he just 
kind of runs off, and it's just kind of like it was very cute. And you know, another thing that's where you know it's not really gameplay, but it's just writing for Anthony. I Birch. like that. I, well, yeah. I always like I like things that are technically. I love those little moments where it's just like ridiculous fun. Well, like that's kind of the interesting thing about Borderlands with it not being a very plot heavy plot or uh, plot or character heavy kind of game. Yeah, is that it kind of becomes an empty vessel that Anthony Birch can kind of fill up with his own style of like comic writing. Yeah, which that's nice. I mean, you're not really going to worry about any of the characters too much specifically. Except for uh, Tiny Tina's, uh, mm-hmm. Ashley Birch's character. Mm-hmm. There's this whole little thing where um, when you first meet her, yeah. she's like this crazy, Tiny Tina's this crazy little 13-year-old girl who's explo- uh, who's just uh, completely obsessed with explosives. Yeah. And burning shit and just, just, just destroying shit. And it's great because like, Ashley Birch is doing the whole... I, I'll have to link a, a, a clip to the video in the show notes of uh, Tiny Tina, how she talks. Because it's not just cutesy little girl, but she's like... If you've seen Hey Ash, What You Playing, it sounds like Ashley Birch, like, on speed. <laughs> uh, but there's one part where she's trying to put together this tea party, and you're looking at the the place setting she's put together for this tea party. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing, uh, she's left an empty space at this tea party where all the other uh, people at the tea party are these animals, like, and stuffed animals and shit she's collected. The empty space is for, it has a little card that says, for the evil bastard who killed my parents. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I hope, that, like, that becomes a mission. And actually, that is... A little yeah. mission you do for Tiny Tina. Nice. Like, emotionally, that's been the only thing I was, like, really invested in the game. Yeah. Aside from cla- helping Claptrap <laughs> You were really birthday party. invested in that, that placard on the Yeah, table. helping Tiny <laughs> Tina kill the evil bastard to kill her parents. And like I said, those are two little throwaway missions but in the so, game. But I like those little moments. They kind of ground everything else. And yeah, like... and those things are very specifically kind of very Ashley, or Anthony and Ashley Birch kind yeah. of flavor of the field. So I, it's, I think it's just also just really interesting that you've got people who... They broke into the game industry with just a little fan video series they did on yeah. YouTube. It became popular enough that, like, Anthony Birch, he's the writer for one of the biggest releases of this fall. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, it's kind of interesting to yeah. see how that worked out, so. I don't know. Oh, the year 2012. But that's a fun game. It's no Sleepy Dogs. Are you still playing Sleepy Dogs? I am so close to sleeping to being 100% completed on Sleepy see, Dogs. See, that's you offered to let me borrow Sleepy Dogs last week. Sleepy Dogs. Sleepy, Sleepy Dogs. dogs I, I'm almost done with it. Man, alternate uh, alternate uh, cover art for Sleeping Dog should be Snoopy on top of a doghouse. I have with to, a gun. I have to vault attack twenty more people, and I will be hundred percent complete with that game. And you offered to let me borrow the game, and I knew I I'd not to take you up on it because I knew you'd want to like wring all the juice out. I of told that you game. I'd let you borrow it when I'm Eventually, done. Exactly. Yeah. I ain't done. Yet. Oh, speaking of cover art and video games, did you see the thing where Ollie Moss with yeah. Borderlands Two? Well, so Borderlands 2 has reversible cover art, which this is a great thing. I love that this is becoming a thing in Xbox 360 games, because Skyrim had this, Children of Eden had this, where, yeah, you just take the cover art, uh, slip it out of the case, and flip it over, and there's, like, really cool, uh, you know, alternate cover art. And for Borderlands 2, it's a silhouette of the game's villain, Handsome Jack, kind of, like, with a uh, a sunset background inserted into a silhouette, and black silhouette of all the, the, the four main characters in the foreground and i just assumed that was an ollie moss thing because it looks like just like yeah. these, these pieces that he did for the uh, star wars yeah. like tribute pieces he did last year and uh no on twitter yesterday he's like oh wow look at that alternate cover that sure looks like something i would have done for like if they had just asked me i would have done for them they didn't have to like yep. he wasn't upset about it but he was just like man my favorite part of this whole scenario is the way that i think kotaku reported about it they said resistance three cover artist upset about blah, oh is that blah, what blah. they said that was how they, they introduced him resistance and i'm like oh that's right i forgot about yeah. that yeah well also because like when he first tweeted about it he very specifically said i'm not upset 
And then Kotaku's cover story is artist upset. Well, and mostly I like, love that they oh, just Jesus. identified him as a as the artist. Well, the funny it. thing is, and then uh, once that uh, Kotaku cover story went live, they found out that like, someone pointed out the uh, the sky texture was actually lifted directly from his yeah. Empire Strikes Back. So yeah. it wasn't even just it's not, you could yeah. say as an homage, but whoever did it like actually took stuff from his what they were ripping yeah. off of his and put it on the cover. That's yeah. fucked up. As someone who invades copyrights all the time, <laughs> that even, that, even that, even that, I'm going like, lives oh my god, on copyright infringement island. You've gone too far, that's right. Oh my! That's right. So yeah, but, uh, that's Borderlands too. It's it's a good game. Uh, I I think I'm about halfway through with it, so I'll probably be yeah. done by with it uh, by this time next week. I have been continuing my tour of westerns this week. Yeah, how's that going? Um, I well, actually, I should say, I started my tour of westerns last Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to start with a movie that I have heard about for years and years and years and years and years. Um, Ravenous, which is actually a horror film that's which made in like nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you've told me about it, and I think um, uh, our bros Steve Wolfhard and I remember Steve Wolfhard telling me about it. Ten years ago, <laughs> Annie, you gotta see Western? Ravenous. Because I know Annie. it takes place during the Civil War. Well, see, here's the thing. The part, my favorite part of this whole investigation of mine, this this um, overview of westerns, yeah. is that there are a couple of different ways you can approach the western. There are westerns in subject matter, and then there are westerns in theme. Because sometimes yeah. things, I would Ravenous actually was exactly what I wanted to see. It hit all right notes. I would argue that it is a western. In a very, in more than just subject matter. Yeah. Um, because it is ultimately about, because um, part of, one aspect of, of Westerns is, um, you know, this, the idea of like just the, um, the environment, like men lost in this vast environment where they're insignificant and their actions yeah, are, exactly, yeah. are kind of in the void of morality. Yeah, you know, that Western template can be applied to other things. Exactly. Like, like you can have Westerns. Have to be the old West, exactly. Yeah. Which is why I watched, the, I'll get to, I'll get to that in the other Western. Well, it's like, well, like, like, that's also like what samurai films are about. And that's mm-hmm. why like, so, so, so many samurai of... movies and Westerns have been kind of remade as each other. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of crossover there. Well, that's why I was even suggesting like a, a, a couple movies I was talking about a couple weeks ago, uh, the Raid Redemption and 13 Assassins are both very similar. They're yeah. kind of westerns, but just through an Asian filter. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah the Raid Redemption is... is if, if you argue that um, uh, the Raid Redemption is western, that means that apparently the Dread movie is a, yeah! is a western. Anyway, that's... How did you not go to see a midnight screening I'm going to see it tonight. Last Actually, night. tonight, as soon, when you leave to go do that podcast, oh, okay. I will leave and go... Um, <laughs> that sounds fantastic. I'll probably wait to see it on video it. when it's out on video in, in two and a half weeks. But let me let me get to Ravenous. But yeah. So I've heard about Ravenous for years and years and years. I'm like, oh, the soundtrack is great and this, that, and the other. And I knew it was about cannibals. This is all I've been told. Told. Okay, that's the other thing, yeah. All yeah, I've been yeah. told was that it's about, it's almost, like, it kind of been pitched me as almost Highlander-ish, and then it's these dudes who are out in the middle of nowhere. No! Well, it's, like, it's like, so the, the, I had no idea that the tone of the movie is kind of ridiculous and goofy. Yeah. Like, um, uh, it's uh, Guy Pierce who is acting, you know, he is, like, acting the hell out is of this movie. Is he the protagonist? He is the protagonist. I don't know, I would not necessarily talk, like, he is the least likable character in the movie, I would argue. <laughs> Ravenous is what? a crazy, awesome movie. The guy who plays the villain is so great. When you so realize great. what's happening, like, what happens... Well, the oh. movie opens... Should we even spoil, like, what happens, like, at well, the end? Well, I don't want to talk... I'll talk about it obliquely, because it it's a very enjoyable film, and it's hella brutal, which I enjoy. Yeah, I went into the movie knowing as much as you did. It's kind of like Civil War thing, something about cannibals, and it's something, something, something. And what why people are eating each, each other and shit, I was like, really? Really? Yeah. That also kind of turns into a weird-ass, almost like... 
superhero movie at the well, same time where it's kind of like i wouldn't go necessarily go that superhero far. but it's like i don't know but i i knew that something was fucked up from the start that i did not have the right handle or approach to this movie when like literally the first thing you see is some quote from benjamin franklin that's something like you know like a man is what he eats or something like yeah, that exactly, yeah. and then immediately after, and the music is all jangly and unexpected and then immediately later that just goes eat me <laughs> You know, quoted by Anonymous. And I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? Also, it has David Arquette as oh, a stoner. It? As a Civil War I era totally stoner. Actually, technically, Mexican War era stoner. Oh, my God. Uh, Ravenous is amazing, and I'm so Ravenous. glad that I watched it first. Yeah. It was great. It kind of was exactly what I wanted it to be. Man, that's fantastic. It, was, it totally hit the Western spot I wanted to It hit. was directed by Antonia Bird, which is kind of interesting. That's it's a lady a movie. It's a woman director? Yeah. That's awesome. She's from London. That's awesome. It's a great film. Highly recommended. Really super strange. She started her career at the Royal Court Theater. What the hell? Oh, that sounds fantastic. So the other Western I watched yeah. um, uh, is also probably most people not describe it as a Western. It would never be marketed as Western. I watched my grandfather's favorite Western. I can't remember how, but I asked him many years ago what his favorite Western was. He told me this movie, Bad Day at Black Rock. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of it before. And I've never heard anyone speak of it since. But it is a great little movie. It's a weird movie because it's it was filmed in like 1945. It's set immediately after the Civil War, or it should be the World War II. And it's about um, Spencer Tracy plays this um, man who's just gotten back from World War II and he has a debt he has to pay. So he goes to this small town in the middle of like Podunk, Arizona or something. And discovers the dark secret therein. And it's another movie where I don't want to describe it too much because yeah. the movie goes to great lengths to build tension and it kind of plops you into the scenario where you don't know what's going on and yeah. then you slowly learn it. And the pacing at first is kind of a hell of a thing. But it's a beautiful film. It was MGM's first Cinemascope movie. Oh, Jesus. And um, what's great about it is it's filmed in, obviously, in, in California. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's this podunk little so town of maybe sets, 20 not, not people. On... No, it's, no it's, filmed, actually... it's filmed out in the middle of California. Okay. And so what's great is that and it's Cinemascope. So there are these mountains all around, like in all of these shots. It's shot, all these shots out in the open are beautiful. It's black and white. No, it's color. Yeah, it's color yeah. But what's great about it is that even though like there's this whole open space and it's again this idea of like isolation in the wilderness because the the mountains almost feel like walls boxing these people in together with what they have done Mm -hmm. and 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 their fear being discovered it's 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 one of those movies where you see and the pace kind of drags at first and but it's so great and um uh spencer tracy um lost the use of his arm in the war and he uh there's this fight scene where he fights i think ernest borgnine like it's it, oh man it's so good. Oh, it's John Sturges movie. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, it's a great little film, and what's interesting is it's ultimately about racism, which is great because it's filled with white people. Um, it's re- and it was very controversial. Huh. In fact, Spencer Tracy tried to back out of it. Um, when they were sending him the film, they actually the director. I was reading the notes or something, and it said like the director made the protagonist a one-armed man because no actor could resist pay- playing a cripple. Yeah. That's what the idea was. And apparently Spencer Tracy's about to pull out. And like the director sent him a note going, oh, don't worry. Um, Alan Ladd loves the part. He's going to take the part. Yeah, and then Spencer Tracy like, was like, fuck rah, rah, you. Rah, yeah. And they never had even sent the script to Alan Ladd. <laughs> Spencer Tracy is great. Oh, man, it's such a good movie. I highly recommend it. Though the, the villain does wear Elmer Fudd's hat. Yeah, you're tweeting about that. He is a red like hunting cap. It is straight up Elmer Fudd's hat. It's kind of ridiculous. Does it end well? 
Is it? It is this. Well, you said it's, it starts slow, but it ends at like satisfactory. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a great little ending, but it starts really slow. They're very slow to ratchet up the tension, but it's great. It's a really bold choice, Grandpa. Way to go! So there's the, uh, the, those are the two movies you saw this week. Yeah, so sorry. Well, I saw, I saw, I, and I also saw the most recent Resident Evil movie. Oh god! I think I want to go see that Sunday night. Here's the thing: it is bad, even by Resident Evil movie <laughs> standards. I will. Is it is a like, new low. Is this like the sixth one? Uh, this is the fifth one. Oh, I geez. think. Crazy. However, yeah. do you know why I liked it? Because Michelle Rodriguez is beautiful. They, so what? They clone her character? Oh yeah. Well, everybody has fucking clones. It's a Resident Evil yeah, movies. Everybody has well, like eighty-seven clones. Isn't uh, Mia Jovovich in her clone, or they yeah. cloned her or something? Oh yeah. Like that? Yeah. That's the whole point of like the second movie is there are like eighty of them and they're just piles of them dead and like Making valley. Out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, me, uh, 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 Michelle Rodriguez. Any man. Good scene? No. No? You didn't get to see Mila, Mila Jovovich naked. Well, she gets naked all the time. This is your Mila. Michelle Rodriguez never gets naked, though. Michelle Rodriguez is great. Okay, so you I think she would be at least sometime in a movie where she gets her clothes punched off. She used to fight <laughs> Michelle Hellboy Rodriguez in a movie. Yeah. hits my big, beautiful thug button. This is the same button that my wife presses. I love beautiful thugs. And the end of the movie. That explains why you like Tom Hardy so much. He is also a beautiful thug. I would absolutely agree with that. Um, no, she is a beautiful thug, and at the end of the movie, there's this great fight scene, and she's just delirious with joy at getting to punch people. It is so satisfying. I'm just sitting there going, <laughs> I'm so you're, you're, my, you're my movie girl. She's on my laminate. On your what? On my laminate. What the hell is that? La- your laminate of people that you're allowed to have sex with. I've never heard this term before. I think it's actually from Friends. I want to say it's yeah I know it has bad origins, but no, I they're the people that you're allowed like, to have I, I sex pic- with. I picture like a sex book, like a like a, a book of uh, like photographs of people you like to jerk off to that's like been laminated, so you don't get any no. juices on it. <laughs> no, no, it's just like it's set in stone. Taking the bath, it's set in stone. I know, like, but yeah, the people for I'm, sure. I'm getting very specific, like. Like in your drawer, you keep you keep your vibrator and the laminated photo of uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez. My wife and I both have um, uh, Tom Hardy. Yeah. Um, she has Zoe Bell. I have Michelle Rodriguez, and we. Uh, she says that only I have Rachel Weiss, but I would say that if Rachel Weiss came up and and honked on my wife's titties, my wife would not say no. Rachel Weiss, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I did I did reserve place for um, Claudia Black having phone sex with me in character as Chloe Fraser. That also I'm putting on there. What? Uh, how about uh, Claudia Black uh, having phone sex with uh, Spider-Man's girlfriend? <laughs> with Emma Stone? Yeah! Emma Stone is also on my It would sound like two rocks. sex or otherwise. It would sound like two rocks grinding against each other. <laughs> Pretty much. Anyway, oh, those are the movies Claudia I watched this week. Black. I could not recommend the Resident Evil movie because it is bad even by Resident Evil movie standards. But uh, Michelle Rodriguez is beautiful. So you've never seen Farscape, right? Claudia Black is one of the main myself. characters in Farscape. Farscape starts off, you think it's stupid bullshit, but it ends great. Um, the main character from the main character who dates Claudia Black in Farscape, she, he showed up on Doctor Who this last week. He only shows up for five minutes. It was a super bummer. But uh, that got me thinking, yeah, I wish uh, Claudia Black was with more stuff these days. Because yeah. uh, her only thing that she seems to be doing right now is, like, fucking Uncharted shit. I don't know what the Well, she did she a doing. voice in the Amazing Spider-Man video game. Oh, she did? That was actually the best part. I was like, hi, Claudia Black. She's kind of flirting with Spider-Man. I'm like, yeah, I just want to rub my bean against your forehead. <laughs> Claudia Black, I love you. I want to rub my bean against your forehead, <laughs> Yeah. Girl. I just want to write your face. Hey, like Bill, a what'd you do this week, Bill? <laughs> what, what else did I do? What else? Red Cloud Atlas. Uh, I'm about halfway oh, through Cloud Atlas. Yeah. It's about spoilers for Cloud Atlas. 
I was on board with Cloud Atlas. It's kind of the did I, I did I set up a, did I talk about how, what the structure of Cloud Atlas is like? You week? were too early into it to really get into what structure. It's was. like it's like eight short stories that are kind of nested into each other. Like the first mm-hmm. one is this story about this guy Sea Voyage in like 1860. The second one's about this dude in 1930 who finds uh, parts of the notes of the guy's uh, Sea Voyage in the yeah. first story. The third story is about this lady who meets a character from the second story. It's all, like they're all linked. Yeah. Turns out uh, the the major thing that aside from just like these stories kind of being nested within each other, mm-hmm. that like the main character from each story is a reincarnation of the same character. That's over what I assumed. Again. Yeah. That's fucking stupid. Not necessarily. I think it's an interesting concept. Why? Reincarnation it's is a very... dumb. Oh, Bill. Be a little reincarnation. Be a little more white American, dude. This is. I love when you just shit on things <laughs> without really any sort of... It's just, it's kind of... Like, as a story hook, it's just... I, I might as well start talking about a prophecy about the main character's gonna save the world in terms of, like, wow, what a deflate any kind of interesting, realistic drama or tension you're building up in this story or how, like, these stories are constructed together or something like that. Reincarnation is bull as shit and does not exist. Spoiler. <laughs> For real life. Wow, really, Bill? Yeah! You are such an asshole. Did you hear that Jesus has a wife this week? My my mom, saying. my mom was the kind of groovy Catholic that that raised me saying that there's a, she could not believe in good conscience that a kind and loving God would let people fuck up in this life so badly that they had to go to hell. My mom raised me believing in reincarnation. I don't know why I can like believe like the kind of Christian Western European, like it's almost like you're a, a, a white man raised in the West. With I mean, any I, sort of sniff of I'm Eastern. A, I'm an agnostic, but at least it's just like there's what I'm familiar with. It's not stupid, and like each character has the same like birthmark, and even that seems like that is dumb. That's what I'm I will saying. grant you. That's how that? it's revealed. I'm like, really, really reincarnation. Don't just like, globally I, but shit. But the hook on the of the book being all the all the different stories has to go. That's all it needed. That's that extra veneer of like, oh, reincarnation too. It's just kind of. Like, but then it's who knows? It's Maybe at the end of the book, it pays off well. Hopefully, Whatever. they strip that out of the movie. Turns Dude, out, it's the same actors playing the same characters. Of course, I saw they did that. it. It looks retarded because it's like, what is it? It's bosom buddies, and he's dressed like a sea pirate, and then he's dressed like a black guy, and then it's like an Asian pirate or something like that. I'm like, what the hell is? The... Yeah, because it's it's bosom buddies and Catwoman. Reincarnation is bullshit. Whatever, Bill. That, is that the title of this week's podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> so Jesus. yeah. So I still I'm only about halfway through. I got to finish Cloud Atlas. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, you know what? I got the Indiana Jones movies on Blu-ray this week. Yeah. Completely them so i can keep on finishing my uh rewatch of this last season of parks and recreation man parks the last season of parks and recreation is great because well i forgot the new season started this week that started on thursday and uh, i Pig missed Tom. a bunch of episodes from last season so i decided just to go plow through the whole last season all together in one big it was run. a great season yeah it was a fucking fantastic oh, what's season. her butt who plays paul rudd's um campaign advisor oh she's a she is the funniest human she being in? she wasn't she's been she was an anchor man she was in stepbrothers she's been in a lot of other stuff before and she's fucking hilarious how she's all kind of like oh, that yeah she like, is nah, so nah, nah, funny nah, nah. she just makes me laugh her smug well, ass grin her and paul rudd the combination it's of her great, being super savvy and paul punch. rudd just being so unapologetically just stupid i just yeah. finished the debate episode last oh, night man. where he's like why are you being mean to me <laughs> it's great 
Conrad is such an idiot. There's one point where he's like, give me the election. Give me yeah, the election. Yeah, he actually me, has me, a childish fit. He's like, I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. Oh, man. Yeah, oh Paul Rudd is, is... But that woman, I can't remember her name. Uh, she plays Jen Barkley. I think that's her character's name. She is incandescent. Yeah. In uh, uh, yeah, we've probably talked about uh, Parks and Recreation on the podcast before. And the first season, which is only six episodes long, is really kind of crummy because it really starts off as just Well, the like characters a... haven't developed into what they are. Well, especially the main character, uh, Leslie you, Nope. You always pick on Leslie Nope. Leslie Nope was fully formed from the start. No. Tom Haverford is so different. Watch... I did, motherfucker, this week when she I really also rewatched Michael Parks Scott 2.0. You make me so mad with this. I'm just saying. Hey, you Bill. You know, it's almost like she was reincarnated. So you're playing FTL? <laughs> what is FTL, Bill? Uh, fuck them legs. <laughs> Fat tacos <laughs> in my ligaments. <laughs> Fine titties on ladies. <laughs> we actually talked about FTL last week. Are you are you still enjoying did it? We talk about, did I talk about it last week? You did. FTL. I'm still just killing all the way because I can keep on naming the characters after people I know. Annie, you've died multiple times in the I interview. Believe it. I would too. Yeah. Well, no, actually, no. I made you the weapons engineer. Thank you. I think Dylan was on engines. I think Kip. He was in charge of like keeping the oxygen. He kept saying getting blown out of the airlock. <laughs> Or being caught on fire. Um, I can't remember. It's, it's, it's been kind of a calamity. But yeah, FTL is very cute. It's only $10. I talked about it last week. Who gives a shit? What else? What else? What else? Man, I've been so busy this week just unpack, unboxing things. I'm so excited. I found my hairbrush so I can actually comb my hair. I found my underwear. I've been wearing the same what? pair of underwear for like a week and you a half. You stop by Wendy's or... I had, to, I had to wash it. <laughs> I was going to go buy more fucking underwear just to unbox yeah, my underwear. Do you have special underwear? Wait, no. Do you have, like, crippled kids' underwear? Are you Mormon? I had to take off my underwear, wash them, and then... (laughs) I just picture going through the sink and just, like, hosing off the crotch, (laughs) kind of, like, airing out for a couple minutes, and, like, ah, done. That's it. Man, it's so exciting, because my house is starting to resemble an actual home. See, that's nice, because you've actually been moved in there for, what, two weeks now? Well, we had to clean the last house, and that took up a lot of time. My... Who am I saying? We... My wonder, my goddamn saint of a wife has been. She packed the old house, cleaned the old house. Um, we had movers, so that saved her some trouble. When and you, she's done the bulk of the. When unpack. you die, she's gonna be the one pallbearer that throws your body into the hole. <laughs> the <laughs> volcano. That's it. Full. Yeah. She she's gonna drink, eat a can of spinach. Just what did you, know. you do this week to to make it a more homey? Because you've had the TV install... and the Xbox setup. That's all you really <laughs> exactly. Need. That's all I needed. No, I, we install. I installed a lot of electrical. We put up a headboard. Um, uh, I I swapped out a lot of the light fixtures. Um, and I swapped out all the cabinet hardware. Hmm. Um, and put up some paintings and stuff. Yeah, my house started really like My parents that, yeah. come to visit on a Wednesday. Uh-oh. So um, from Texas. How long so are they gonna be here for? Got a guest bed. Um, are they gonna be a week and a half? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's been it's been good. It's been exciting. It is not interesting to talk about because I'm just doing oh, man, they have, nesting they have stuff. Their own poop hole. They do. There is a guest that bathroom. That is super nice. I'm actually really excited because the guest bedroom and the guest bathroom are closer into the center of the home. So if they wake up early, they can get up and make coffee or whatever. And don't have to worry about bothering us. Yeah, that's fantastic. So it's great. Man, cats... you know you have a nice house when you've got a guest bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. That's Pretty fucking, fucking rich primo. people shit. I know, right? Yeah, you should be paying. I am the 1%. You are the 1%. I am so not the 1%. I am so not the one. I'm not even, I'm not the 47%. I'm not even, I'm barely in the 53%. This part where Andy starts crying. Uh, or no, the other one. I'm, I'm gonna die alone and this poor. very poor right now. Uh, so what else? 
What else? Is that it? Is that actually... Man, is that everything that happened this week? Yeah, aside from yeah, my Indiana Jones box set over there collecting dust because of Parks and Recreation. So yes, a few of y'all gave me your recommendations on Westerns. If any of y'all have any other recommendations on Westerns, let me know. I will add them to my Western list. What's next up on the queue? Um, I don't know. I think I may... I, I did just two. go... Young Guns 2. I did just White go... Arp. I did just go and do the two that I wanted to yeah. watch most of all. And from here on out, it's, I think I may actually do it in order of how many times I, it has been recommended to me. Yeah, so what so technically, that be? right now, at this moment, hold up, I'm pulling up my spreadsheet. On the unseen column, technically, the most recommended Westerns to me have been Unforgiven and The Man Who Shot Liberty Balance. Wow. I can't believe you haven't seen The Unforgiven. It's great, especially it. if, if you picture it as being a sequel to the Man With No Name trilogy. Yeah. Because that's how a lot of people have posited uh, The Unforgiven. Yeah. Because, like, there's nothing about uh, uh, Clint Eastwood's backstory in uh, The Unforgiven, which would preclude him not being the same character from, like, uh, good, The Good, Bad, and The Ugly. Mm -hmm. Actually, if you, it might be interesting if you actually hold off watching The Unforgiven, if there's uh -huh. any of those uh, Man With No ma Name movies you haven't seen. I've watch only those seen The Good, The Bad, watch and The, the Unforgiven. I may do that. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I mean, I'm really excited. We mentioned this a little bit earlier. Tonight, I am going to see Dread. So, the reason why I went to go see the Resident Evil movie last week is because of a friend of the podcast, Brenna Zidane, who is my favorite, pretty much, let's be honest, she's my favorite human being in the universe. Yeah. She's the raddest lady and a dear bro. And she fucking loves the Resident Evil movies. Like, and she loves them so much that it is so intoxicating that I also love them secondhand. So the only thing she loves is more than the Resident Evil movies is Judge Dredd. She loves the Judge Dredd comics so much. Many years ago, she commissioned Bill to do a picture of Judge Dredd and Batman fighting. Did <laughs> I do that? You did. You I did. Can't remember. You uh, uh, Judge Dredd was driving a car into Batman. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I <laughs> was, totally don't remember. This. I don't remember this. Anyway, um, uh, the Judge Dredd movie opened in America this week, so we're gonna go see Judge Dredd tonight. I'm so pumped. We're gonna go see it in 3D. Have you seen the ads for this? There's blood spurting towards you. It's gonna be fucking amazing. I didn't realize it was in 3D. Of course, it's in oh 3D. Oh man, I'm so excited about it's, this dumb it's movie. It's got Cersei Lannister. Yes, it does. She's oh, the bad guy. My. She's got big old scars. They did a really good job. With I no, that looks fantastic. Well, the cast is great. Pumped. Yeah, Carl, Carl Urban. Urban. Apparently, Carl Urban grew up loving Dread, so he's got the frown down. Well, perfectly. from the UK, so yeah, yeah. it's. I'm so pumped. That's, that's, it's, that's now. Like, it's all the movies are out, man. Because like End of Watch is out. I'm gonna. I have to trick my wife into going to see that with me. What the and hell is End of Watch? End of Watch is only exciting if you're me and have a boner for cops. It is. Um, what's his butt? Um, uh, uh, and what's his butt? Uh, and Anna Kendrick is a bit part of it. There, there's a name I know. It's a cop movie. Did you see Anna Kendrick in the Fraggle Rock video that came out this week? I did not watch Deadpool the Fraggle, Fraggle Rock video. It was not that interesting. <laughs> she was the best part in it. There's one part where she's like chewing bubblegum or eating something like that, and she like, kind of like does this kind of like condescending sneer. It's actually really hot. <laughs> and everything else. Really Anna Kendrick is great. Anyway, and next week fucking Looper comes out. Fucking Looper. Next Friday? Looper. Looper. Looper next this Friday. This is why we need Looper to do next Friday. Uh, fall Looper next 2012. No. Everybody, oh, just tennis. don't just do not do any... Save all your dollars for Looper. I so, downloaded the soundtrack. I've so been listening tells to me, it. Uh, I guess I have to watch it next Friday so we, can, so we can both talk about it next Looper. week. Or else you're going to kill me. I may go to a midnight screening on Thursday night. This, if there is one, I may break into a movie theater <laughs> as soon as they get it. Because it's, it's Looper, been anticipated man. enough. Looper. There's not going to be a midnight screening. 
I'm so excited about Looper. Ryan Johnson is my favorite filmmaker. Mm. So pumped. Man, it comes out next week. Looper, Looper. Looper. Ooh. I'm going to stop seeing... I still have not watched any of the trailers or anything for that. All I know is it's, it's his the next best. movie. Yeah. I, I regret even looking at the um, the booklet that came with the soundtrack. Is the soundtrack good? It's. Oh, I've only listened to a little bit of it. I don't want to well, be spoiled. Well, don't listen to the title stuff. I don't want to be spoiled. Be in, in... Well, what's interesting is that the other, both Brick and Brothers Bloom, Ryan Johnson's two other films, were also scored by his cousin. And um, he used character themes. Yeah. Whereas in this one, he has like an overarching theme that he just kind of remixes in various and sundry yeah. ways. So it's a very different from the other scores. Which only makes me sad because my favorite tracks from those other two albums are the theme song for the lady, the, the main lady character. Yeah. I'm sad that there is not the same thing for this one. Aww. That makes me a little bummed out. Yeah, he does good music. God okay, damn. so it doesn't look like, at least as of yet, there's no Midnight Thursday Screams. There will not. There will not. It's Looper. Oh, it is showing all over town, though. Of course. It's a wide release, man. Yeah. How many other sci-fi films are out right now? Oh, Dread. Dread. Oh, okay. So oh, that's Dread. it. We'll take a break now, though. That's that's everything we've done this week. What else? What else? Phil, can we just rename this podcast What Else? What else? What else, everybody? Uh... Hey, everybody. We're going to take a little break, and we'll come back with some more else. Man, I checked Tumblr during a little break here, yeah. and I started following some menswear tumblers, and they are great, straight up half beautiful men in beautiful outfits and half fucking terrible, terrifying things. Like it's pretty like, men in awful here's clothes. Here's a handsome man in a nice flannel shirt and good, nicely worn jeans, really nice leather shoes, and a vest. And then there's a man in like a fucking giant fursuit. What? what are these fabrics? Let me see the this is suit. like a silky look. This is, is silky like, jeans. Is it like a like a like a? That's terrible. Oh, menswear man. Men's Do they wear. have any clothing where the, there's a, a cock sleeve for the penis? Probably. I am the not the person to be because it'd still be clothed. You think that's like the last frontier of risque fashion stuff? Is cock sleeves? Actually, yes. Because ladies' tops. I have, have boob seen. Sleeves. I have seen underwear with cock sleeves. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yes, I've seen yeah, underwear. Kind of nice. <laughs> kind of nice. Yes. Kind of nice. Just like, would, would they ever have uh, underwear for ladies that have built-in camel toe? Just so you keep everything it's called separate. Called most underwear. Oh yeah. If you pull it up too tight, <laughs> boom. If you ride down the slide at the children's park too fast, that's right, Bill. If you get really excited about the train, <laughs> do a bunch <laughs> of crunches until you calm down. <laughs> that's right. So, anyway, friends, anyway. it's time for the Geek Week interview. Um, Annie's, it, Annie's off her game. I'm looking at Michael Fassbender's suit. You Foss are Fassbender's just suit. looking up porn. I, no, it's well, Michael Fassbender's suit. I would argue. Annie's brains are oozing into her vagina as I'm we speak. I'm just thinking about trains, man. Trains, trains and men. Train, train and Large, men. big, hard things. <laughs> Steely if things. Hello only. there. You just want to pop those ribs. Anyway, friend, anyway, friends, let's get the one thing out of the way that I've been not necessarily looking forward to talking about. But I was, as soon as I heard this, I was like, oh man. Gonna talk about that boy, Hattie. Bioware founders, the good founders, the good doctors, um, both Ray and Greg, announced that they have retired from the company. Truly, this is I I made this joke on on Twitter this week, but this is the worst Bioware ending. 
They handed their notices in six months ago. This is bullshit. You guys are on this connection, which just coincidentally happened to be at the height of the ME3 ending up. There's no connection. I would believe there's a connection between the fact that it was five years ago that, that Bioware was bought out. Read on, motherfucker. See yeah. what else the rest of that note is. That's, that's what you know. That's what it is, yeah. Uh, and, the, and the implication that most but people are But it's funny that they, they, they supposedly tendered the resignation at the height of, like, it was in April, which is, like, less than a month after the game came out. I don't think that is actually the reason why that happened. I, I, well, obviously they were gonna zoom out anyway well they've done everything they can to to grow that company well they've been working the hard is on the um the night seal republic supposedly the one i forget which one but one of the guys has been uh, cranking really hard yeah. and that's that, i mean essentially that's done that's a hell of a thing to bow out on i feel bad for them that that's that's their well, last I think it's one of those things that like the old republic has done badly enough that like it sounds like they need some fresh direction and stuff there anyway it sounds like he just got it kind of guided the project just long enough to launch well the one then... thing that i've been frustrated with bioware for the last like while is that there's what you're good at guys mm-hmm. like as soon as they announce oh new game for bioware it's a real-time strategy command and conquer game like what the fuck well, is that's wrong not with them you that's EA. not them that's yeah, ea that, spinning them out EA's but been calling shots for a while now, EA, so. i mean they bought out mythic and then turned bioware mythic together and made an mmo why would you make bioware an mmo mm-hmm. why would they make an mmo guys money, money, money why are they making touch games guys why is there i forgot like, about that yeah jesus christ that's what so they haven't really been in control of the company since i mean technically they haven't been in control of the company since the moment they they sold the company to ea but, what was kind of hilarious is all the announcements that happened around their leaving. Like, so they announced Dragon Age 3 the day to, before. Yeah. The day before. They literally just announced, they released the logo, Dragon Age 3 Inquisition, and they're like, we'll tell you more about it later. Which, like, they've been, it's been weird the way they've been doing Dragon Age Origins, I or the next Dragon Age game. I kind of appreciate it, and that they've been very open about what's happening. Like, well, the last PAX I went to, which was two PAXs ago. They were like, we. I went to the Dragon Age panel, and they're like, so we can't talk about another Dragon Age game, because none's been announced. What do you want in the next but, Dragon Age game? Well, they're game. like, but cosmically, if we were to make another Dragon Age game, this is what we'd do. And they start mm-hmm. talking about it and stuff. And like, they've feels... been a weird, weirdly open It seems it. like me, I, that's why I'm thinking these guys have more or less, because it sounds like the one guy who is, whichever doctor is not in charge of Knights of the Old Republic, sounds like he disengaged a while ago. Mm-hmm. And with the other doctor being in charge of Knights of the Republic, there hasn't been, like, a real creative voice leading the company internally. And so I think that's kind of been the reason why, at least with Dragon Age Origins, they've been really kind of, like, asking players what they want because... Dude, they're they're asking players for what they want because the players have been bitching. Well, no, but I mean, that's a good point, but um, whatever they're they're doing hasn't worked because everyone hates Dragon Age 2. I've never played any of these games. All I I know is Dragon Age 2 is some bullshit. That's what I keep on hearing. That's what I say. People love the characters and stuff, but like mechanically, everyone's like, that game was bullshit. I enjoyed it. Which is, I don't remember people being that excited about the first game, but suddenly the second game, everyone's like, I love the first one. Fuck this shit. Um, but yeah, no, and then like in the like the community manager or whatever in the announcement of the the doctor is retiring, like they call out, oh well, Casey Heads is working in the next Mass Effect game, and we're working on new is he IP. Working on the next? Did you not read it? You didn't read anything related to this, did you? I really, I as my word, Mass Mass Effect three kind of killed my bone for my for for really, yeah. Wow, I can't imagine losing. I thought my bone no, I thought Mass Effect three was a good game. But, like, really, like, how out of control fucked up that ending was just really shows about how it's really just an EA None of the now. Bioware endings have been good of any of their games. No one gives a shit about any ending of any Bioware game. That is not the point. It is all about the journey in the in the Bioware games. I'm just saying, yeah. Anyway, 
Um, the uh, ah, this is just it's it's no whatever, one ever said wow. Made, my favorite thing about this game is the ending. Whatever made Bioware Bioware is gone. That's all I have to say. Whatever. Not to say they can't make good games in the future or anything like that, but like whatever. I mean, I think Bioware could still make good games. But I don't know if I can talk to you like, about this. If this is going to be the start of a new phase of Bioware, you just is... argued that they have been on this phase for like the last couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna continue the phase. Of I'm just complaining for complaining's sake. The, the one so last night, um, uh, it's the Tokyo Game Show is going on right now, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Square for a couple of years now has been making. They have their whole toy division, and they have their play arts line of action figures. Yeah, they're, they're that really are good, right? really nice action figures. Like yeah. I have their Ezio, and uh, I have um, Big Boss, and I have a uh, Drake. From that line, and I pre-ordered their Garrus because they've come out with a line of Mass Effect Because <laughs> I'm an adult, <laughs> I have all these toys. But they, the um, Kotaku had shots uh, from their booth at TGS, mm-hmm. and uh, they have a prototype of a Femshep action figure and a Tali action figure. Uh... And I'm looking. This is like 11:30 at night. My wife is sound asleep, and I was so tempted. I just rolled over and I'm whispering. And I'm like, fine, fine. They made a Femshep. She's gonna be. Are these like sixty dollar action figures? Yes. They're, they're like the high end. They're not yes. the twenty one. They're they're no. not like the twenty dollar figures you're gonna see on the shelves at GameStop. These are exactly. Kind of like the kind these of... are a nice primo. What did the Femshep figure look like? Was it painted and stuff? No, she's just the same. It's like the red hair. Well, it is. Oh, okay, it's gonna yeah. be default Femshep, which yeah. is red hair. Which is still fine. Yeah. That's that's great. She's close enough to my Femshep that Tali I'll be able too. to. Who's not gonna want to buy Tolly? Yeah. I, no, I bought the shitty DC Direct Tolly action figure. So now it's kind of like my Nathan Drake. I've got the shitty Drake statue and then the really nice. Nathan Drake action figure. But all the same thing for Tali. Well, yeah, anyway, I feel Super bad. Pumped. Like I said, I don't want to shit talk Bioware altogether. But, like, really, like... But I do. But I'm going to do it at length. They're, they're and really... make Annie not want to speak to me it anymore. It seems like the doctors were very, like, very hell-bent on doing this very kind of accessible kind of role-playing game, story-wise... That I don't know if this is necessarily necessarily in EA's best interest to keep on producing like super detailed, multiple threaded story paths and stuff like that because th- those games are monstrously expensive to produce. They are. So I wouldn't be surprised if Bioware in the future going in going into the future starts doing a little more kind of like streamlined role playing games and stuff like that. I don't know. Who, who the hell knows what the hell's going to happen in the you marketplace argue, in a year or two anyway? I was going to say when you, when it's unveiled that the next Xbox is just Apple TV and it can and, and only runs Angry Birds. This is all going to be moot point anyway. We're all going to have to buy PCs and shit and Did you see that that uh T, like 80% of the games shown at TGS were touch games? Yeah. Like games? Jesus I mean, Christ. I saw that uh Jeremy Parrish uh was like he was, he's he's in Tokyo for the Tokyo Game Show, and they had hired a friend of the podcast, Daniel Fight, to also cover part of the podcast. And uh, Daniel Fight was tweeting, he was like, "Oh man, day two, TGS, it's gonna be awesome." Jeremy Parrish was like, "Why are you here? You saw everything you needed to see on the first day. Well, yeah, like go home <laughs> or something like that." So yep. yeah, you know, because they're paying the you know Daniel to cover the the stuff, the hardcore stuff that people care about, not the mobile stuff. And yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's it's it's that's the thing. It's hard to pitch about like the future of EA and the future of Bioware because you don't know what the hell the future of the gaming industry in general yeah, is going to be like in the next couple of years. Man. That's uh, next year is going to be maybe the most interesting year in the history of gaming yet, where mm-hmm. you get to see what Sony and Microsoft unveil in the wake of the Wii and yeah. and, and all the social gaming, and casual stuff, and mobile yeah. gaming, and like if they decide if if they decide the next uh, generation of hardware is going to be super bigger and powerful and stuff or whether or not it's kind of just repackaging of what's already here mm-hmm. but with like a little more casual 
uh, more focus on casual market and, yeah. and mobile games on your TV. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. So well, Xbox is probably going to do what they've been doing, which is diversifying what the Xbox is. Yeah, making the Xbox more of a set, yeah. like a entertainment TV, center. Yeah, entertainment center rather than a game playing device. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Xbox, the the if when you fire up your Xbox, it's all just advertisements for like. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. There's um uh, an ad for World of Warcraft when you fire up. Uh, there has been since the new dashboard went live. That there's hilarious. been like hilarious. That's just kind of funny ridiculous. to see. Yeah, on Xbox Live. It's just... a weird choice, that's for yeah. sure. Anyway, are Sony's... you gonna buy that this week? It's pandas, kung fu pandas. Oh, fuck no. The no. furry is kind of going. Meep. Dude, if I I, I played <laughs> as a cow person for fat ten minutes, if that wasn't enough to stick me in, a panda's not gonna do it. Yeah. Sony's explanation for the lack of a price cut for the new third version of the PlayStation Three unveiled in Japan this week. There's no price drop formally, but the thing that's been happening in the market over the last year or so is that there's been so many retail price promotions and so many different gift card offers and all those things being done by all of us, Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony, that we've heard from our consumer, enough with all these weird price moves. What we really want is content and games and value. <laughs> and why would you buy a PlayStation 3? Yeah, exactly. There's my counterpoint. Oh, Sony's crazy. No, so I guess that's the only big news that came out of Tokyo Game Show this week was just another revision of the of the Sony hardware. Yeah. It's it looks like an old Yeah. PlayStation uh, PlayStation 3 they got looks run like over a by waff- a car. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's waffle iron. And it's actually kind of small. I was surprised at how small they made that goddamn yeah. thing. Which I don't think this necessarily speaks to how small that is, as to how fucking gigantic the old place. Yeah. I'm looking at my old, my old school like launch PlayStation Three over your shoulder, yep. and how it's a door, it's big a ass George Foreman grill. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, I love that thing. It's a great play. It's a great Blu-ray player. I was gonna say I, I turned it on for the on first it. time since moving to my house to watch Bad Day at Black Rock. Yeah. Yep. Jesus Christ. Yep. And well, yeah, uh, so it's an uncharted playing device. That's all it is for me. I had no idea that Sony did not. Uh, so yeah, I guess Sony did not make the PlayStation cheaper gives a fuck i mean it's not like it's like wildly overpriced now anyway yeah i mean a price cut would be nice but it's no one was expecting this hardware revision so no one was expecting gotta have that new those new skews for the holidays yeah speaking of new skews a 10 disc 8 film tarantino blu-ray collection is being released on november 20th containing all of tarantino's movies including true romance that sounds are you gonna get this probably not i own all the movies that i want to have on blu-ray already oh do you yeah Oh, man. But you still haven't seen uh, Where's the War Dogs? Nope. You haven't? I have, the, the only movie Tarantino has... movies I've seen are, I've seen True Romance, so he just wrote it. Yeah. Um, I've seen, um, uh, obviously, the Kill Bill movies, um, Death Proof. He's um, only directed Glorious Bastards. Kill Bill movies are so I've missed... half, like a quarter yeah. of his movies, yeah. I've never seen Jackie Brown or Reservoir Dogs. Jackie Brown's boring. I've seen Pulp Fiction once. Pulp Fiction's cool. I still like Reservoir Dogs, even though there's like whole parts of that movie I think you could cut out and you wouldn't be missing that much. Well, it's the nature of most Tarantino films. Oh, but yeah. to be argue, I could argue that in some of his films, the parts that you could cut out are my favorite parts of his movies. Yeah, that's like true. the and and Death Proof. I argue that if you you could skip the first forty five minutes of Death Proof and still have a better movie. <laughs> But all the all the wank on the back end of those four ladies hanging out are my, is my favorite part of the film. So, I but yeah, yeah, um, no, that sounds fantastic. It sounds like it's like a hundred bucks or something like that too. But I'll tell you because I don't like only his only movie on of his on Blu-ray or actually on anything is uh, uh Inglorious Bastards, which mm-hmm. is my favorite movie of his. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't mind double dipping on that just Man. to get the whole set. Yeah, I want to go watch Inglorious Bastards. Well, it right sounds now. like all the DVDs are—they have a lot of special features and stuff too. It's not just like well, yeah, it's ten bones, discs but like and, and eight movies. So. Quentin Tarantino, you know, with the fucking you know, I'm on the Charlie Rose show. Here's my stuff. You know, me, me, me. 
it's not like you have to pay Tarantino that much to get him to talk about his own fucking movies. <laughs> this is true. Jesus. Or about movies, period. Yeah. I love Bill's note on this. <laughs> Jesus had a wife. <laughs> that, do you need anything else? I missed, well, what is this? I missed all of this. Some scientist person came out and said, I found this ancient piece of papyrus with this Coptic text on here that mm. says, it's a quote from Jesus saying, my wife, She's so she great. loves beans or something like that. So everyone's like, oh my God, this is, this is, oh my God, what was that? There's a fly. And he just made a face. There's a fruit fly. <gasps> There's a fruit fly up in my grill. Um... So, yeah, no, so it, it, it was, uh, somebody found an ancient piece of parchment with, uh, yeah, Coptic text on it saying Coptic, which is old-ass writing. Yeah! Well, and then I saw people, uh, the people who were convinced that uh, Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene are hopping on this, the Holy Grail thing. Yeah. Where, like, oh, this is definitive proof that w- the wife he's talking about is Mary Magdalene, and he boned, and the Holy Grail is actually his bloodline. You got other people who were claiming that this text is actually uh, badly copied out of modern day text and this is a modern day forgery that this person hmm. is putting forth or this person or at least the scientist been hoodwinking purporting putting this forward as fact what you mean knows? a thing involving the history of jesus christ is weird and complicated and people are considering what they will from it crazy for this fake ghost man <laughs> can i can i talk shit about how jesus is pretend can i miss miss you think lady? jesus is pretend like imaginary i think it was a wizard did he sound hot wizard I'm sure there's fan fiction where that is true. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah. How can he be? How can any one person who's affected history so much have been. Not be mentioned by. Dude, we talked about that in my in my religion classes. Where it's like, hey, you know, if all this shit happened when Jesus died, don't you think it was weird that uh, none of the Roman historians at the time spoke about it? However, I will argue that uh, Roman historians not talking about a uh, the leader of a small cult. <laughs> It's exactly. not equal. It's there was like no Jesus. Jesus was not his big thing when he was alive. That's that, yeah, dude. That's... No one. There are no. There are no actual Christians like who know anything about actual history who would disagree with that. Yeah, Jesus wasn't a big deal until a couple hundred years after Jesus. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like of... his disciples going out and saying, "There's a guy named Jesus." Yeah, so it's like Robin Hood. There's probably like some model for the Robin Hood character, but there wasn't. Some <laughs> Thank guy. you, Bill, for bringing it back down to levels I can understand. Like, yeah, <laughs> I like, I like, I have to explain Christianity to you. Andy, I'm gonna break it down. Andy, I know you only had how many years of Christian education Jesus. and had to go to uh, church twice a week for how many years? Shut up, I hate you. Hey, NASA's NASA's NASA's. NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory says that faster than light travel might be more feasible than previously imagined. Oh, uh, I forgot to read up on this, but yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's uh, pretty much that. <laughs> They're just like, oh yeah, this like because faster than light travel yeah. has always been like if you talk to any real scientists, they're like maybe if we discover some kind of like physics thing that's yeah. like a weird some loophole. Physics thing. They've been like, yeah, then it's just impossible. Like all the science and physics as we know it. Faster than light travel for any kind of matter-based thing can never happen. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened, but, yeah, the, their jet propulsion lab was like, maybe? They were talking about, it was interesting, because they were talking about what, like, what, what the current models suggest that may work is if, this is, it's so hypothetical, though, it's hilarious, is that if you have a spaceship and you surround it with a ring of phantom material that we don't know what it would have to be, it's not like they even have, a, they have a basic model for what this, ship would be but this phantom ring that would have to be built around the ship to help warp space time around the ship like it would revolve and kind of like do some crazy shit like they're like well it'd have to be like this magic element that does this 
So I like how they're like, yeah, we have this physics model about how we could kind of make something go faster than the speed of light, but it, we need magic. <laughs> That's kind of what they're saying is like, yeah, it could kind of work maybe <laughs> if we could like, if we get some like Voldemort to help us. <laughs> so this is not that encouraging. It's nice for them to hear say, for them to say it's not completely like completely impossible. Now it just sounds well, like it's just requires some elements impossible. that we have not discovered yet, which, you know, is part of half of what science is. Imaginarium or whatever. <laughs> Imaginarium. They should talk to Tom Haverford. There we go. Oh, I see John Raffio and Tom Haverford. Entertainment I like John Raffio. John Raffio is John like Raffio. his more square cousin. Yeah. I don't know all these Christian names. We're just going to be the spinoff where uh, Entertainment 720 goes against uh, what's it and Step Brothers. Prestige oh, Worldwide. Oh, Prestige Worldwide. There needs to be a battle between. <laughs> that would be kind of amazing. Yeah. Ron Moore is writing the pilot for a Knight's Tale TV show. Bill says how the mighty have fallen. Yeah, Ron man. Moore, of course, being the showrunner and writer. He tried to make that stupid show about magic cops. What if magic never existed? <laughs> or what if science never existed? Oh, that's what. Oh, yeah. What if science? I was trying to. Man. So did you ever? Did I ever make you watch the whole pilot for that show? No, I watched like a five or minute clip on YouTube. How you make a car work is by you get in the car and you have to light incense in a little temple on the dashboard, and the car magically starts moving because you've prayed to the god. And there's no <laughs> engine sound. Uh, see, this is one of those things so that sounds great as a book and yeah. terrible when you actually watch someone. And do it's it all on Battlestar TV. people because no one else had anything to do with Battlestar. <laughs> ended, so he's like, "Hey guys, want to so make yeah, Jimmy Bamber, what you doing? Yes, yeah, nothing. Light some incense and pray to this car so it moves <laughs> in this weird CSI show. So yeah, no other details other than the fact that Alan Moore, not Alan Moore, Ron Moore. I haven't heard this. Alfonso Cuaron is directing the pilot for a bad robot show about a convict. Protecting a girl with nascent special powers. Yeah, uh, so I guess this is also co-written, or at least the pilot will be co-written by Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah, mm -hmm. produced by J.J. Abrams and his Bad Robot Company. Uh, yeah, just, just yeah, uh, the government ends up having to uh, put a, yeah, it's, there's like this little girl who for some reason everyone finds out that she's going to have special powers in seven years. Hmm. And so uh, they put her under protection for some criminal for some reason, and I guess it's about their adventures going south. Interesting. So, yeah, uh, Alfonso Cuaron doing television could be huh. Especially because he's co-writing it. That's the yeah. interesting part. He's actually it's not involved. like he's been brought in just to... Because J.J. Abrams, he's been having bad luck with TV shit lately. Except for, I guess, this Revolution. Have you heard about this? Seen the ads? I've only seen the ads The Hunger it. Games wannabe, where it's like, I'm, I'm a girl, and I have a jacket and a bow and arrow, and it's the future, and Gus Spring's chasing me. Uh, have we gotten a release date or any more information about Gravity, Alfonso Cuaron's last no. film? No! I thought that was filmed and done. Yeah, I mean, they've been, ed been editing it. I think it needs an ungodly amount of effect shots. I'm, yeah, I'm assuming it's those... not going to be until next year, because if it was coming out this year, we would have heard about it Well, now. of course, but... Yeah. Just... Unless it's, like, they get it done, like, like at the last minute and it premieres at, like, this Christmas or something like that. I don't know. I'm really curious about it, because it's, like, supposed to be, like, the first shot of the film is supposed to be, like, a 15-minute yeah, shot. Yeah, that guy's fucking crazy. But, I, I you will know see what? anything I wonder if he's you. thinking of how he can make this whole pilot episode, <laughs> one continuous shot. One continuous shot. <laughs> Like, can we, so can the we, wearing roller skates? Can we show this without commercials just to, for the first time just to show them <laughs> that, like, it's all just one shot? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No. The villain in the Smurf sequel will be an evil... <laughs> will be evil white Smurf. <laughs> including a sexy Smurf voiced by Christine Ricci named Vexy. I'm not making this up. They showed pictures in his, in his computer-generated Smurfs except okay, they look like little white this. trash people. And it's a sexy one named Vexy. I am seriously wondering if this isn't the Smurfs movies producers trying to reboot. Oh, and the, and the evil Smurfs are called the Naughties. This is the okay. Here Comes Honey Boo Boo of Smurfs. 
I don't know what that means, but okay. Have you not seen Higher Comes Honey Boo Boo? I don't have cable. No. <laughs> um, I, I don't have cable either, either, but I keep on hearing people flip out of Here Comes Honey Boo Boo. Honey, Here Comes Honey oh Boo Boo. Oh my god, the evil white Smurfs are terrifying. That's what I'm saying. But I think this is probably like their, their attempt to kind of like reinvent the Smurfs as like this hip, like rural white trash Smurfs thing. That's I think I'm sure that's because now they're they're not weird because it's blue and kind of French and Belgian bullshit French gay European. <laughs> now it's really like white French sexy gay kids brats shit. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Y'all, I want to write down your last sentence and see if that made any actual sense. I'm just saying. I want to see the marketing meeting notes from that meeting where they're like, you know what, we need some white trash white Smurfs. We uh-huh. could say they're the villains, but if people like them enough, that'll be like the third and fourth Smurfs movies. And that'll, that'll, yeah, we could say, well, who's the guy who invented Smurfs? Peyote, whatever the fuck his name was. <laughs> fuck you, you got no more royalty Bill, checks. You know what, Bill, I think this is part of the podcast where I can just leave you alone. <laughs> I have 15 minutes. about the villains of the Smurfs sequel. In the next 15 minutes, we'll just, what's up with Gargamel? What's Hank Azaria doing in this Gargamel one? Gargamel created these guys. Oh, of course. Didn't Gargamel create Smurfette canonically? Yeah. In Smurf canon, mm. I've officially used up all of my knowledge about the Smurfs. Wait, wait, Maybe wait! Did it, didn't so Neil Patrick Harris was he involved? Vagina? What? Oh, God. He's like, I can't. If I have to make another small child-sized vagina, I got spurned <laughs> by that blue one I made. I'm gonna make a white one that sounds like Christina Ricci. <laughs> That's like three apples tall. But wasn't Christina Ricci one of your first boners? No, she's always had a big eggplant head. <laughs> Also, she was too young. Like, when I was in high school, she was, like, in the Addams Family movies. Yeah. Like, 20 years ago. She was, like, yeah. a kid. Like, that would, no. No, my, when I was in high school, when it's time for boners for goth chicks, that was Winona Ryder. Christina Ricci is a second generation boner goth chick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying. She just, she just bit off Winona Ryder's bullshit. Fuck that Christina Ricci. Isn't she in a movie where she's half naked with Samuel Jackson? Oh, that uh, Black Snake Moon. Black Snake. We'll go watch that together. We go no. both be uncomfortable together by about the racial politics in that movie about a black guy holding a white lady slavery and it's sexy. I watched a movie about racial politics this week, and I, it's all the movie. We got a shitload of hits last week because we were talking about lactation. <laughs> it's drop ones. So we gotta, we gotta, we gotta bring up what are we talking about this week? The podcast is like practically over. We gotta like <laughs> talk about well furries. Can we talk about trans people? Can we talk no, about... No, please, no. What? Um, gen- shaving genitals? Let's not talk about things that you and I are not uh, 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 intellectually capable of discussing. Can we talk about Fifty Shades of Grey? Should we read that just for the podcast? Just so we can be more in touch with people? Bill, you should, as a special edition of the podcast, read Fifty Shades of Grey. The next next week's podcast is going to be audiobook. an audiobook. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna read the first chapter. And- yeah! 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 Fuck me! And then he spanked your foot! Yeah! <laughs> and then he slapped yeah! her face with a penis! And yeah! she, she was like, please! <laughs> Bill, Bill, I think your your concept of sadomasochism is about as close as Rihanna's concept of sadomasochism. Yeah? Why? What's. Why, well, she had this whole song, SM. Isn't she the one who got shit kicked out of her all the time? By. Br- Chris Brown. All I know is that um, uh, Douglas Woke had a great joke when SNM came out, when that song came out, and he was like, she "I don't think that she nothing. understands what S or M means." 
Man, yeah. they should rebrand M and M's. So half of our S and M for for like Halloween. There we so go. So it's like sexy for Halloween. the kids. Yeah, you know, for kids. For adults. Then you just sell those to like like Spencer's gifts and stuff. S and M's, and you get like the green uh, lady M M&M. and M. She's in bondage gear. <laughs> She's got like you know titties. Please don't. You know what? That weird M M&M and M is sexualized enough without <laughs> any of your help, my Did friend. Did you know that one is in, like the green M and M's are supposed to be an aphrodisiac, and that's why like. The, the female M&M is the green M&M because people want to fuck people when they get eat the green M&Ms. This is a sentence I've never heard before. Now that the podcast is over, yeah, a couple minutes till, till I could I could tell you about stuff. Mm-hmm. Bill's education class. There we go. Annie. Hey everybody, this is the Boy Hattie Podcast. <laughs> Goes out not with a bang, but with a whimper. <laughs> we were really, we're boyhattypodcast.com. We're, we're, boy we're at Boy Howdy Podcast on Twitter. Um, please continue to send me your Western suggestions. I will continue to watch Western them. suggestions, and yeah, if there's any kind of like uh, media, games, and stuff, or movies, or yes, books. next week we will be talking about um, uh, the upcoming year in, or to the end of the year in uh, media. So yeah, just pretty much everything that's interesting that's coming out between now and apparently and New Year's. a new Yatsuba volume has come out. Oh, really? It has come out? Apparently. This is oh, what that's Twitter like Christmas doing. It's already out, so there's, you don't have to worry about anticipating it. Exactly. Well, that's great because like when coming up with uh, stuff, comics for the list, the only thing it could come up with was the new avatar book the last uh, there's the a, third chapter of the promise comes out next week the collected adventure time what so far the collected adventure time the adventure time comic so far there's a volume a trade paperback in there. oh that's awesome anyway that's for next week friends, okay i'm glad we're postponing this a week look at then. this friends look at this all this stuff that's happening uh, next week is of course looper week hold your loved ones oh, go God. watch looper next week's going to be a four-hour podcast to make <laughs> just, up for this week's gonna be going <laughs> oh god so oh man anyway friends we'll see y'all next week hopefully with more energy and focus uh joseph gordon take it or leave it <laughs> i love the way the tattered clouds the wind across the sky But as summer goes, it leaves me with a tear in my eye. I'm taking out my winter clothes. Oh, my God, it knows what is wrong. The petals of my favorite rose lie in shadows dark and long. Though every year it's very clear I should be carrying on. But I can be found in the garden singing this song.